Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today is October 24th, 2019. On this day in 1949, serial killer Robert Picton was born. Feeling like a social outcast, a grown-up Picton lashed out at the world by murdering sex workers. He managed to evade detection for nearly two decades, in part because he disposed of the evidence by feeding his victims' bodies to the pigs on his farm. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today we're going back to the day that serial killer Robert Picton was born. Picton is estimated to have killed over 50 women before he was captured. Before we discuss Robert Picton's crimes, let's go back to the morning of October 24th, 1949, just as his mother's labor pangs struck at the first light of dawn. Louise always began the day with a good scream. It was good for the lungs, started the morning off right. Most importantly though, it told the hogs that the slop was ready. Louise didn't have the time to go chasing off after them all just so they could eat their darn food. Today, she didn't even have the time to watch and make sure the pigs were properly fed because just as she dumped the slop in the feeder, she felt the racking cramp that could only mean one thing. The baby was coming. Sure enough, the pigs were sniffing at the air and jostling one another to get closer. They were attracted to the smell of the blood that gushed down her legs as her water broke. Dirty, nasty animals. Louise had heard stories of them trampling their keepers and devouring human flesh in mad feeding frenzies. She wasn't going to stick around and see if the rumors were true and she hurried to the car. It couldn't have been that much later when Louise arrived at the hospital, but it felt like an eternity. She moaned and held her gut, writhing in pain while the doctors and nurses rushed around her. Any other day, she'd look down her nose at a room full of doctors and nurses. They didn't know the first thing about living in the real world. They didn't care about people only about books and theories. Louise was a simple country girl. She knew all anyone had to know about raising pigs and running a household with a husband who was as good as absent. 
She'd always believed that snooty college degrees were wastes of time and money. But then, Louise noticed the fear in her doctor's eyes, and it was anything but aloof. His flared nostrils and sweaty brow reminded her of the panic she'd seen in her pigs that morning. That meant something was wrong with her baby, and no one would tell her what was going on, at least not in plain English. Louise caught fragments of conversations like nuchal cord and excess amniotic fluid, but she didn't know what those words meant. She continued to push, but the baby wasn't coming. Her gut ached and burned. Louise wondered if she and her child were going to die. Finally, the doctor called for help as he reached between Louise's legs. Only then, after the blood and the sweat and the screams and the animalistic panic, did he pull the child from Louise's womb. Louise could see the umbilical cord wrapped around her son's neck. His skin was blue. He didn't seem to be breathing. The doctors turned and carried the baby toward a side table. Although Louise was exhausted, panic surged through her veins. She tried to leap from the bed and seize the child. She just wanted to hold him. Then everything would be okay. A pair of nurses held her down. While Louise watched in horror, the doctor lay down her still son. He unwound the cord from around the child's neck, and as Louise watched in astonishment, the infant took a desperate gasp. Louise fell back against the bed. Her son was alive. A cry of relief went up from the doctors and nurses. As they laid the child in Louise's arms, she didn't even mind that he was covered in mucus and viscera. She lifted him to her breast, and in that moment, decided that she would name him Robert. She was soon so focused on nursing her son, it took her a while to notice the nurse who was staring at her. Louise demanded to know what she wanted. The shy girl wrung her hands and stared at her feet. She stammered while she explained that because Robert had gone through labor without oxygen, he could have brain damage. The nurse wanted to give the baby some kind of intelligence test to see if he'd been born developmentally disabled. Louise laughed in the nurse's face. Babies don't know anything. All this talk of brain damage and disability, oxygen to the brain and trauma, just more textbook nonsense. Let them pore over their studies and debate fancy terms that ordinary people could never understand. Louise was alive, and so was her son, and they'd be going back home to the farm in a matter of hours. That was all Louise cared about, and she didn't need any test to tell her to feel differently. She'd be sure to raise Robert to be salt of the earth, just like she was. No puffed-up elite would ever again ask if something was wrong with Robert's head. After this, we tell the story of Robert Picton, a notorious serial killer who was estimated to have murdered over 50 women before he fed them to his pigs. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. 
Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Now, back to the story. On October 24th, 1949, Robert Picton was born in Port Coquitlam, Canada. His traumatic birth nearly killed him. His umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck, likely leading to brain damage. This was the first of many events that shaped Robert Picton into the killer he would become. As a child, Robert struggled in school academically as well as socially. He was diagnosed as mentally disabled and was a frequent target of bullying as a result. Often, in order to escape beatings, Robert would hide inside the gutted pig carcasses that hung outside the slaughterhouses on his parents' farm. He found that the stench kept bullies away, but he didn't mind it. In fact, Robert felt safe and secure around dead pigs in a way he'd never felt with living people. Robert's poor hygiene and poorer social skills followed him into adulthood. He seemed destined to spend his entire life impoverished and alone, until he and his siblings inherited shares in their highly valued farming property. In one fell swoop, Robert became a co-owner of the family farm. Now, with ready access to as much cash as he could ever want, Robert began regularly hiring sex workers. He found that when he paid for sex, his partners didn't object to his stench or turn him down the way other women did. But Robert's appetites grew darker. He soon came to enjoy handcuffing the women and strangling them to death. Using the butchering tools he'd grown up with, Robert would then bleed and gut the bodies. As a child, Robert had discovered that pig carcasses would keep him safe. And as an adult, live pigs served as a valuable collaborator in his murders. The animals ate anything put before them, and their jaws and teeth were strong enough to crush human bones. Thus, he had an easy way to dispose of bodies. Because many of his victims were outsiders without social support systems, police failed to notice the number of women who went missing around Vancouver from the late 1970s to 2001. Robert Picton wasn't caught until 2002 when police raided his farmlands on an unrelated weapons bust. Instead, they stumbled upon a crime scene littered with blood-stained weapons and human remains. Originally arrested as a suspect in two murders, 53-year-old Robert bragged to another inmate about his lengthy killing spree. From this informant, police learned about the full scope of Robert's crimes. 
Later, they performed DNA tests on the murder scenes and linked Robert to at least 30 recent disappearances, while he was a suspect in over 60 cases overall. 56-year-old Robert Picton stood trial for his crimes in January 2006. He was found guilty and sentenced to Canada's harshest possible penalty, life in prison without possibility of parole, for a minimum of 25 years. As of 2019, Robert is still alive and still serving time for his murders. For more information on Robert Picton, check out the episodes of Serial Killers, which explore Robert's life, psychology, and arrest. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 